You're listening to Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness, the fastest-growing natural health, nutrition, and inspiration podcast in the nation. Uplifting stories, powerful messages, and triumph over adversity, the experience of entertainment and encouragement is about to begin. And now your host, Dr. Ward Bond. Sonali Chandra was born and raised in New Jersey to parents from India. And in December of 2020, she was interviewed on the Dr. Phil Show to talk about her confusion surrounding why the men that date her leave her after they find out she is a virgin. Now, growing up, Sonali was not allowed to socialize, meaning she could not have any sleepovers, she couldn't date, no prom, and no dorming in college. But after graduating college, she refused to allow her parents to arrange her marriage, which is traditional in her culture. Well, she had her first kiss at the age of 26 and remains a virgin today. Well, she is here today to talk about her dating experiences, her take on Indian culture, dating norms and expectations, and her thoughts on today's pressures of sex. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome our special guest today, Sonali Chandra. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Bond, for having me. I am so thrilled to be here. <laughs> well, I'm. this is very, very interesting because recently I interviewed a former virgin who waited till she was 41. So, but okay. your situation is different. So for all of my viewers and listeners who are not familiar with the Indian culture, uh, what was it like growing up in a traditional Indian upbringing? So I am actually 35 years young now. I was born and raised in New Jersey, as you mentioned, two parents from India. And even though we were in America, I was raised as if I was in India. So that meant, as you said, no socializing, no dating boys. I went to public school, there were boys everywhere, um, but no dating boys when I got to middle school, high school age. Uh, no sleepovers, no, uh, no sleepovers, no prom. I stayed home the two nights of my prom. Um, I even dormed, I, I did not dorm in college. I stayed home, I commuted from home. At the time, my dad said it was a financial thing and, and he was right. Right. Let's face it. College isn't cheap. I did not want to be drowning in student loans, which is not just tuition, but also room and board. But as I got older, I realized there was another reason why he did not want me dorming on campus. It's because kids do hanky panky on college campuses and he did not want me participating in any of that. So um, growing up, I was raised in a very sheltered environment. I will say this, though, my parents are um, they enrolled me in Indian dance lessons. So I grew up learning Indian dance and I also watched Bollywood movies. And Bollywood movies is how I learned um, my Indian languages, Hindi and Bengali. And also what gave me the idea for what love is. You gotta understand Bollywood movies in the 90s and the early 2000s, very romantic, very lovey-dovey, how love should be. And in those movies, couples waited till they got married to have sex. And I used to think that sex was only possible after marriage. I used to believe that it was impossible before marriage. That's how naive I was. Wow. So the, um, I mean, what is, I mean, it's hard to say, but is traditional Indian culture out of date or is it something that, you know, other cultures should actually take into account that maybe it is best to wait? Traditional Indian culture, it's its very um, interesting. Um, I, and I say this with all due respect, but also from a perspective of an Indian American. You know, like sex is a taboo subject, but it's the second most populous country in the world, right? India. 
go figure. How does that happen? Right? Because people are having sex to procreate, you know? Oh, it's the land of the Kama Sutra, the book on sex education. But then again, sex is a taboo subject. It's very mind boggling, very, you know, like it's interesting. It's in fact, this is the stuff I make comedy out of, you know, stand up comedy, um, just the ironies of Indian culture. Um, and, and again, it's, it is what it is, but I find it very interesting being an American born citizen and having these ideals ingrained in me. Um, is it something that other cultures should adapt? Um, I, I don't think so. It, you know, every country, every culture is different. Um, I can only speak about the Indian culture, obviously. Um, you know, growing up in America, obviously people have sex before marriage. Um, I learned that in college, actually. It was a huge eye-opening experience. I, my jaw dropped. In fact, it was my senior year. As I shared with you earlier, I commuted from home during college, but my junior year and senior year, my parents trusted me to stay on campus at friends' dorms. And so one night we were having a study session at a, a friend's home, friend's dorm, and um, she, in conversations, shared that her boyfriend and she, they sleep together and my jaw dropped. I'm like, oh my God, you know, people sleep, they can have sex before, before marriage. <laughs> but um, it, was, it was quite an experience um, to grow up with both the Indian and American cultures being thrown at me. Well, did you notice that your upbringing was different than the other kids in school? Yes, absolutely. You know, um, I went to public school, so um, no uniform, but I also had uh, glasses and braces growing up. So I was the total geek. Um, I, I was an academic. In fact, my parents, I, I mentioned the dance lessons growing up. That was the only time I was able to get dressed up. Other than that, no dressing up, no nothing, because my parents said, and they were right, you go to school to study, not to get dolled up to get boys. <laughs> so that was my life at home. But then in school, especially in um, seventh, eighth grade onwards, I saw girls, especially Indian girls, having makeout sessions with boys in the, in, the, in the hallways, by their lockers, outside in the school backyard. You know, this is stuff I saw at, at school. And um, I used to, my jaw dropped. I was shocked. And I will say this, I never thought about doing the same thing because I was terrified it would go back to my parents. And my father being the strict patriarch he was and still is in my family, he told me that if I ever did anything to bring disappointment to him, he would sell the house in New Jersey and send me back to India. Well, <laughs> and in India, I have, I have lots of cousins. India is just a whole other life. Back in the 90s, you know, I, I just didn't want to be in India, long story short. Like, so I, I'm a good, I was a good girl. I still am a good girl. I did what I was supposed to do, and I never rebelled against my parents. Well, is there a difference between growing up as a female in the Indian culture versus a male growing up in the Indian culture, especially here in the United States? Growing up, I absolutely saw a double standard. In, in terms of raising Indian girls versus raising Indian boys. Um, I have a younger sister, so it was just my sister and I, two girls at home, but I had friends, especially in high school and college, girl, Indian girlfriends who had brothers who were treated differently. They were treated with more, they were given more freedom. Um, they could date and do whatever. They could go out till two in the morning um, and, you know, just have fun. They could be drinking, you know, and it's not a big deal. But, you know, for me, and especially also for my Indian girlfriend, girlfriends, um, we weren't allowed to do any of that. It was forbidden. And I mean, you were not day, even I allowed to I, date? I was not, no, I wasn't allowed to date. I was forbidden. It was, I mean, you couldn't even date a, like an, an Indian boy? Not until after college. And that's a whole other story. I'll get into that later. But no, dating was forbidden. Um, dating 
to, you know, really doesn't exist in the traditional Indian culture. In fact, my parents, they had an arranged marriage. They were virtually strangers when, when they met and they got married a week later, they had the civil ceremony. This was in India. And then a month later they had the religious ceremony, but they were strangers. Um, dating really doesn't exist traditionally. Now this is all traditional. Does it happen nowadays? Absolutely. Um, but no, for, but for me, I was, I was forbidden from dating. So when did you realize that, uh, that your culture would include an arranged marriage? My parents started brainwashing me with arranged marriage when I was 17 or 18 years old. I had gotten into college, so I got that out of the way. And they started planting seeds in my head that after I finished college, I was expected to oblige with an arranged marriage. My jaw dropped. Um, I was scared, but I also told myself, you know, I'll deal with it four years later when I'm done with school, when I'm done with college and earning my degree. The day I graduated college with a finance degree, on the way home from the graduation ceremony, my dad started pressuring me to agree to an arranged marriage. I was 22. This was 13 years ago. My jaw dropped. I'm like, you've never let me have a, boy have a boyfriend. You want me to just marry a stranger? Like, what is that? They're like, oh, he's like, oh, we'll find you the best boy. Um, there's all these matrimonial sites, uh, Indian matrimonial sites online. I'll put your profile up. Um, I'm like, no, I'm married to my career. I'm a career woman. I, I had a job lined up on Wall Street. I'm like, no, not interested. Leave me alone. You know, like, and um, Dr. Bond, I do want to share something else. Um, yeah. And this is very sensitive, but this is a part of who I am. Um, my, uh, I, I, I mentioned earlier, my parents had an arranged marriage. Uh, my dad is nine years older than my mother. Uh, my, I grew up witnessing domestic violence. Uh, my father, the aggressor, my mother, the survivor. And um, I've witnessed and heard and seen physical, emotional, and verbal abuse from my father to my mother. I have been in therapy for this. Um, I, there was a point in my life where I actually hated my father for being the person that he is and was. But I've come to realize that uh, domestic violence is a mental health issue. And he's not a bad guy. He just was raised in a similar environment. And that's what he, um, he just thought he, 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 that's who he is. You know, he hasn't, doesn't think that he did anything wrong, but coming back to me, you know, for me, I, I just don't trust my parents, my father in particular to pick my husband to this day, because I know he will pick someone just like him. And I am not going to tolerate any man treating me like that. I'm, I'm at college educated. I'm a strong career woman. And in 2022 in America for domestic violence to still happen, it's, it, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. It shouldn't happen at all in any culture. Yeah. Well, so, how um, does, well, how does in traditional Indian culture, um, and you're going to have to walk me through this here because mm -hmm. is so in an arranged marriage, does, does the man feel that he has, full control over his wife? I mean, my, does she have any, uh, any power of equality with him in that marriage at all? From my experience, the man has all the power. That's how it was with my parents. Um, that's how it happened with my cousins in India. That's what I've seen in um, movies that I grew up watching. I will say there are some modern movies where they show the woman having um, equal power, if not more. But I also believe that Bollywood movies, they show the ideal life, um, how things should be. Now, how things are in reality, it's a completely different story. But uh, yeah, I mean, Indian culture is very male dominated, very patriarchal. 
And uh, me, for me, having been born and raised in America, I, I will not be able to tolerate that. I, I'm, very, I'm a very strong female, career-oriented woman. Um, and it's, I've realized being now that I'm 35, I'm not compatible with that culture at all. Well, how has your virginity caused problems with dating? Gosh, where do I begin? <laughs> um, you know, I didn't start dating. I, you know, to this day, I don't know how to date, really. Um, you, you mentioned earlier, like, I, I had my first kiss at 26 with an Indian guy. He, I met him by chance. It was very serendipitous. Um, he, uh, it, was, it felt amazing. Um, <laughs> 26 and first kiss, you know, like, it came out of nowhere. Um, it's been definitely a, a very challenging experience. It, is, it has been super hard to date because men, uh, both of Indian and non-Indian descent, they are interested in me based on my physical appearance. But then when they find out about my strong values and high morals, such as no premarital sex, they disappear. They go in the other direction. And I think that's because one, I, I'm in America, right? Premarital sex does happen here. But at the same time, those... Uh, those Indian values are ingrained in me. I'm at a point in my life where I, I need a ring before I can get to that. And a one night stand will devastate me. I'm not into friends with benefits or no strings attached or, you know, all those kinds of other odd relationship situations. Um, I am very traditional in that sense. And, and in fact, after the Dr. Phil, after, after I appeared on the Dr. Phil show, you know, I got a lot of feedback on YouTube from audiences, which I was expecting. And I started, referring to myself as a modern and traditional good girl. Modern because I'm an American-born citizen who loves modern-day fashion, as you can see, but then also traditional because I love Indian fashion. In fact, all my jewelry is from India, but then also I have all these Indian values ingrained in me. And I'm also a good girl because even though I'm 35, like I, for instance, I already mentioned no premarital sex, I also don't think I can ever live with a man before marriage. I, I need a ring to, for all that to happen because you know, I see this in my generation also, like all these couples live together before getting married, but then they may not even get married. And I think to myself, what's the point in getting married if you've already been living together and already sleeping together, right? Like so, that, that's stuff that used to happen traditionally after marriage. <laughs> well, so then what happens if you, <clears throat> you go out on a date um, and the guy starts making uh, advances or, or whatever, um, I mean, what do you say in return? And and I guess what most of them run away. Yes, ninety nine percent of them run away. <laughs> so here's the thing: I I don't date. I I'm, um I, I don't know how to date. That's number one. And number two, I I do have a Bumble profile. I'm on one dating app, the free version. I'm not pay paying a penny for that. I am a cheap Indian in that respect. <laughs> And the, what I like about Bumble is, uh, actually, let me backtrack. What got me onto Bumble is because Priyanka Chopra is the celebrity ambassador for it. I look up to her so much. Um, she's married to Nick Jonas. She's only a few years older than me. She, I, you know, she married a non-Indian who's a decade younger than her, who respects her for her ambition and her culture. I want that for myself. I'm like, you know, I want a Nick Jonas clone, really. <laughs> so yeah, so Priyanka Chopra is the celebrity ambassador for Bumble. And the great thing about Bumble is that it's the woman makes the first move, right? So I have a, I have a Bumble profile. I, 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 I look through the profiles of the men I get matched with and who, you know, who come up on the app. But let me tell you, Dr. Bond, I am 
terrified of messaging them. I am terrified of meeting them in person because I don't want to meet the next Ted Bundy. For me to meet a stranger at some place in LA, just it's it's very it's very nerve wracking. Um, and so, and I even have on my profile, you know, I'm not into. Um, you know, all those premarital, no premarital sex, no friends with benefits and all that. Um, I really have it for research purposes and just for, as a sociological experiment. <laughs> I've well, given I, up on conventional you know, dating. I um, had a, you know, I had a, a recent interview, uh, as I said before, with a, a, a former virgin who waited till she got married and she was, she was 41. And... I found it to be more empowering um, for a woman to have the ability to say no. And, you know, if a guy can't handle it, that's just tough because eventually you're going to find the right one. And I think what it comes down to in, in the end with something like that is you're going to find someone that will highly respect you for waiting, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is, this is normal from what you're saying in the Indian culture. This was normal back in the forties and fifties in America. Mm -hmm. And now it's been a free for all since the sixties. And, uh, you know, there are people that have, like you said, one night stands or sex on the first date. Um, and it's hard to build relationships from that that when it's based on physical and not emotional, are, are mental. And, uh, but I think for you, I mean, I, it should be empowering, but at the same time, eventually you're going to find someone that will highly respect you. And, uh, you know, I got to give you chops for that. Thank you, Dr. Bond. And I just want to say, I'm not finding anybody. He's going to find me. I've already put myself out there in, in right now in this conversation with you, I was on the Dr. Phil show. I've already put myself out there. It's up to him to find me. <laughs> well, yeah, and it, and it should be that way. Now, let me have you, ask you this. Have you ever dated any men who respect your virgin status? Not, no. I've dated really? only nine guys. I've only dated nine guys in my 35 years of existence. Uh, it started um, this, I didn't really start dating or, you know, to any extent, I would say until I was 25 or 26. And then the first kiss happened at, at 26. At first they were shocked because I looked the way I am and they would never imagine that um, I'm a virgin. But then they find out more about me and my, my, my mentality, my strong values, my high morals, and then they disappear. In fact, I will say this, the second guy who I thought would have been my first he actually said something very profound to me. He said that what um, he needs uh, that he's that what I need someone who will always be there for me, and he can't provide that. And then the, he he disappeared from my life too. You know, uh, nine guys, three serious relationships out of those um, nine guys. Three other guys actually were from India. They proposed to me on the first date because they wanted U.S. citizenship. <laughs> wow, that's I, crazy. I'm a U.S. born citizen. They were in America on a visa. Their green card expired and they wanted me to be their fiance so they could apply for the fiance visa. I'm like, no, thank you. Hard pass. <laughs> wow. So I laugh about it, but I also understand because my dad came to America for a better life. 
you know, everybody wants to be in America for a better life. And so these guys had the same story, but I'm not going to be manipulated and used for U.S. citizenship. And then they leave me after whatever it is, two, three years of marriage, you know, like I'm not going to play that game. Well, how, thought, how hard was it for you to tell your parents, especially to tell your dad, you're not going to do an arranged marriage at all? I mean, what, what was his reaction? It's been over a decade. My parents, my father and I especially were like this. Um, and it, through the help of therapy, I have come to realize I will never see eye to eye with my father. He, I'm a woman, he's a man. I'm modern, he's traditional. I'm an American born citizen, he's from India. And I've just come to terms. We, for me, I've learned to agree to disagree with him. Now for him, I know he's disappointed that I'm still not married at 35. Um, in fact, he has lied to my extended family, particularly his, he, he's one of four. So I have lots of aunts and uncles and cousins. He has lied to everybody that I'm already married. That's how ashamed he is of the truth. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. you know, it's, um, it's, but, uh, it, it's so hard to fathom. Yeah. I mean, are there other, and I'm sure there are, I mean, are there other traditional Indian families in America that still live by that tradition of the arranged marriage? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm th I'm 35, right? I, I knew in I had Indian girlfriends in my 20s who got married through an arranged marriage. They 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 gave in to the tradition, to parental pressure, to societal expectation. Um, my jaw dropped. I'm like, wow, teach their own, but I could never do that. And again, I think that also stems from my upbringing, right? I mentioned the domestic violence earlier. It's had a profound impact on me. Maybe these girls didn't grow up in such a traumatic environment. I did. That's my truth. Um, I will, t I, I, I'll say it again. I will never let my father pick my well, husband because I don't want him to choose a clone like him. <laughs> well, with an arranged marriage and I'm, and I'm sure it's happened and probably many of them that don't, but does does love exist? I think love grows. Um, I think they're forced to love. That's that's the thing. That's from what I've seen in movies, what I've seen vicariously through my Indian girlfriends. You know, they, they you know they're around this guy, their, their husband, right? Um, and they just grow to love them. And I also think it's because they have no other choice. Um, for me, love is a feeling, and you can't force feelings. It just has to be there or it's not. Um, that, that's for me. Uh, I, I cannot, like I'm 35. If I, if I gave into the whole arranged marriage thing 10 years ago, I think I would have been divorced by now because I'm that kind of a person. Like I, I will not force myself to be with somebody just because my parents said so or society thinks I should be with this guy. I'm my own person. I, I, you know, I'd rather be single and alone versus unhappy in a marriage, in a forced well, marriage. What, what happens in a traditional Indian family where they have a daughter and let's say the daughter uh, had premarital sex and hid that fact and ends up in an arranged marriage. Do the parent, what happens if they, if the, the parents find out? In that, that case, I think, I think in that case, all hell would break loose. I know if that happened to me, my my father in particular would flip out. Uh, so is that why just, he they, is that why that he never allowed you to have sleepovers or yeah. date in high school due to the fact that he was basically trying to protect your virginity 
for an upcoming and arranged marriage when you graduated from college. Absolutely. He was protecting me. He, he did what he thought was best. Uh, you know, I will give him that. Um, he was afraid I would have bad influences around me. You know, puberty, ha raging hormones in teenagers, guys making moves on me. I would say by junior, senior year, I didn't have glasses or braces anymore. So I was more aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> so perhaps guys would have come, you know, would have pursued me. But yeah, absolutely. He was protecting me. And I, I mentioned this earlier. My dad is ashamed that I'm still not married. But I, I think he would be proud that I am still a virgin, right? <laughs> At my age, it's my, wow. I've never had that conversation with him because why would like I for me I would be, I would cringe if I had to talk to my both my parents about sex. You know that just doesn't happen in my family. But um, no, but um, absolutely. I, you know, yeah, he's ashamed that I'm I'm not married yet. But I think he would be definitely proud that I'm still a virgin. <laughs> well, I mean, does this weigh heavily? Uh, on you on a daily basis that you still are or is it more of that you haven't found the right person yet what weighs heavily on me is that i'm lonely um, i'm 35 i have spent every birthday and holiday for the past decade by myself i've cried tears of loneliness um I, and because i i and i've learned this the hard way um Right. Like, you know, those holidays, birthdays, these are all family gatherings. I don't come from a large family. Um, I do. They're all in India and they all think I'm already married, thanks to my father. <laughs> but in reality, here in L.A., especially, I um, I don't have any family. Um, L.A. is also a very lonely city. Um, a lot of people leave L.A. to go back to their homes. Right. You know, for the holiday season. Um, so what weighs heavily on me is that I've just learned the hard way. I'm, I'm a lonely person. I'm a lonely now, girl. You... I spend every Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights by myself. And every weekday after work, I go to the gym to work out because um, I find exercise very therapeutic. And also, what am I going to do by coming home? Because I live by myself. You know, I feel I, so. So. So, yeah. Um, to answer your question, I, I do crave uh, companionship. I definitely want companionship. But like I said earlier, I, I can't imagine having a one night stand. I, I'm looking for my soulmate, my one and only a guy who will always be there for me. And of course, you know, it'll be vice versa. But, um, but yeah, absolutely. Loneliness, you know, it's something I fight on a daily basis. Yeah. Now, do you have friends that you can hang out with? So my place of employment, it's actually a very, uh, family oriented environment. I consider my colleagues, my work, my family. Um, I'm very blessed in that respect. Uh, and so I consider them my family. Um, but other than that, I found I've been in LA for five years now. Um, it's a very lonely city. Um, yeah, so, it it, so. it definitely can be that way, and mm -hmm. uh, and I understand uh, very quickly that uh, you also do uh, stand up comedy. Uh, for all of my viewers and listeners that want to know more about you, where uh, is there a website that they can go to? I am everywhere online. They can go to my website sonalichandra.com. S O N A L I C H A N D R A. All my social media links are on there. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you name it, I'm there. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, connect with Sonali Chandra and Sonali, I'm, I'm just going to believe that the right person is coming your way. And, uh, you know, they, you know, they, you know, good things come to those who wait. And exactly. uh, I will believe that for you and with you. And, uh, you know, uh, in the end, I think you have a much brighter future, and uh, I think you're 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 a strong woman, and you are 
highly empowered, and I highly respect you for that, and I respect you for waiting. I think that uh, more more young women should actually think about waiting um, because I think for mo- I think for millions of young women, young girls today, it would probably lessen uh, heartache and even right. possible mistakes in the areas of dating. So I think there's power in waiting. And many I blessings agree. to you, Sonali. Thank you. I just want to leave you with one joke I, yes, I made in my please. stand-up comedy. Yeah. So I'm, 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 pretend I have a mic in my hand right now. So I'm 35 and a virgin, and it is really hard to date because guys are scared off when they learn my truth. So I thought perhaps I should start wearing a sandwich board that says, I have a UTI, many STDs, and I will get accidentally pregnant. Maybe that will attract the right man in my life. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And there is a lot of truth in that. That's for sure. But uh, keep making people laugh. Joy is coming. And something Mm -hmm. good is definitely going to happen for you, Sonali. And I want to thank you for being on the program and sharing us your story. Thank you for having me. This was such a thrill, and um, I appreciate your well wishes. Thank you. Oh, you're very, very welcome. And ladies and gentlemen, stick around. I will be right back after these messages.